call an audible, Andrew. So, there's a... The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I'm just going to pray the fear of the Lord. And if you don't know what that means, just buckle your seatbelts. So, Jesus, I just pray that this church would fear you above all else, that you would be exalted, you'd be extolled, you'd be worshipped. That you, God, you're welcome to break in here and ruin our plans. There's not a man or woman in here that you do not know by name. So God, break through the normal. Like, we're going to sing a couple songs and we're going to hear a good sermon, but no, Jesus. You're why we're here. You're the king of glory. So I ask for the, the fear, the righteous, true fear of you that would lead to wisdom. So we sit before you just a minute, just a second, Lord. And I ask that you would speak. No one's playing, no one's talking, just you. We turn our hearts, we turn our attention. Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus, I want you more than I want anything. Jesus, you are good, you are holy, you are faithful, you are true, you are worthy, you are beautiful. And so Jesus, if we gathered but we don't get you, we didn't get anything. So Jesus, we cry out for you, the living God, you are alive. And I pray that you would show it this morning, tangibly, in this room. Forgive us for treating you like you're dead. You are not. You are present among your people. So Jesus, I'm not even going to say amen. I just I place us before you. And I'll say what you told me to say. And if I die, all glory to you. Jesus' name.
grab a seat really quick. So John, stay right there. Band, stay right there. We'll be great. So a couple days ago, maybe not on your knees. That's fine. Yeah. Um, a couple days ago, I was praying, and I couldn't get the story of Ananias and Sapphira out of my head. If you know that story, it's not a really fun story. You're like, let's read that story, right? Um, so this is kind of what I call a Holy Spirit tangent from what I was going to speak. We're going to go right back into worship at the end, I think. So that's why I'm like, man, don't, don't go anywhere. Um, they're like, my backup. Wow, gosh, look at that. So I'll just read this story to you, and I'll say a couple things I feel like, feel like we need to push into. So Acts chapter 5, uh, the church is sharing everything. They're selling everything. The word, the word of the Lord's going out. The apostles are doing miracles. Everything's like, whoo, Jesus all the time, right? So a guy goes and sells his stuff and gives it to the apostles so people can be fed. Uh, and Ananias and Sapphira decide that they're going to lie about doing the same thing. Acts chapter 5. But a man named Ananias with his wife, wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back to himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it, and he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your, your, at your disposal? But why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and he breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. So young men, you know your job now. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord. Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out, and they buried her beside her husband. And verse 11 is key. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. So, and great fear came upon the whole church. And you're like, no kidding, right? No kidding. So we come in here, and let's say I start talking, and I lie to the Holy Spirit, and I drop dead. Are you not like, oh, wow. We're not playing games anymore, right? And that, that's my prayer this week. That's what I feel like God wants to sow in. There's this, there's this reverence. There's this fear. There's this reality to God. That is sorely missing. And I'm not going to go big, I'll go sorely missing in cobblestone some Sundays. The reality that God is here. That I'm not singing to them. You are singing to a living, breathing, alive God. And so when I look at this, like, you're not dealing, so like when you come up and you put your offering in that thing and you come in here and you just stand there like this, you're doing that before Jesus. And I'm not hating on you because I've been there. But if Jesus is alive, we must stop treating him like he's dead. If Jesus is alive, and he's alive, then let's stop treating him like he's dead. And so the question is, what if God was here? Like, what if you saw him right now? What would change? What would have changed about the last 20 minutes of your life if the living God walked in this room? 
I'll ask a couple questions. I'm going to set you before him, and then I think worship will break out. But I don't know what I was, I'm just saying what I thought I was supposed to say. Would you have worshiped the way you did if Jesus was right here? If Jesus Christ was right here and he's alive, would you have worshiped the same way that you just did? Jeremy Riddle, like him or hate him or throw him away, said this. Simple truth tells me that if my inward or outward expression of worship were to change, if Jesus physically walked into the room and stood in front of me, then my inward and outward expression needs to adjust to the truth, to the reality of the presence I come before. Did you understand that? So if, if I would have worshipped differently if Jesus was in front of me, then I should have worshipped differently. Because Jesus is here. The presence and power of God is here. And what Sapphira and Ananias forgot is that they weren't dealing with apostles and leaders and pastors in something man-made. They were dealing with something powerful, alive, and real. And it killed them. Now, I'm not threatening you, but play around, with, play around with a lion long enough, you will get mauled. So secondly, like, would you be listening the way you are if you knew Jesus was here speaking to you? So the last few weeks, we talked about you must be born again. There must be this work of God to give you a new heart. You must drink di- deeply of the living water that only Jesus offers. Have you? Or was it another nice message that you checked off? Was it another nice little moment where I was like, ooh, that's a good soundbite. Tweet that. And let me go listen to seven more podcasts this week that I will do nothing with. Or have you sought and have you cried out? God, make me new, make me new, make me new, make me new. And then thirdly, would you have lived this week if you did everything you did? in front of Jesus because you did because you did and the reality and the, like, the sadness in my own heart is there's days and this is where there's grace upon grace upon grace there's days this week where I forgot Jesus was with me and I turned into a coward and a sinner and just this thing that he did not make me so if that's you welcome to redemption that's the beautiful thing about this it's so much more about Jesus, that he is real and that he's tangible. So I was praying last night, and, and so the only, the ultimately, the, the question is, who wins if God's way doesn't line up with your way? Who wins? That scenario. You or him? And I know we know, Jesus wins. Yeah, I know Jesus wins ultimately. But in, in your finances, in your sexual desires, in your mouth, who wins? When Jesus says, that does not befit the people of God, do you go your way? Because I want Jesus to save me, but I don't really want him to be my Lord. And so here's what I'm, I'm, I, I pictured. I was actually right here last night, five-something, praying, just laying on the ground praying. And I, I had a picture come to mind. You'd be like, that's weird, whatever, Bible's full of weird stuff. I pictured Jesus walking in the door, and he walked right down the middle of this aisle, and he stopped right here. And he looked at me, and I'm standing where I'm standing. And I was like, I got to get out of the way. And I was like, Jesus, you want to come up here? You want to come up here? And I dove off the stage. In my picture, and I didn't really do that last night. I wasn't like diving, <laughs> stage diving with nobody here. So that's what I'm going to pray. And because Jesus is real, I have asked him to come here today. 
and he's going to come here. The presence of God is going to come here today. In a second. Already here. And I just, I just, that's the question. If Jesus was right here and you saw him, I couldn't stop you from worshiping. I couldn't hold you back. I couldn't stop you from confessing your sin and being like, Jesus, you're beautiful. But because we're not looking at Jesus, we're content with some religious exercise of singing four songs, having a nice sermon, get me to lunch. But I'm done. So if Jesus is right here, and this is where I'm inviting him to stand, I'm going to put you before him. And then at some point, I think the band will start playing here again in a second. I don't know. This is all audible at this point. Let me pray. You do what you feel God wants you to do, okay? If that's repent, repent. If that's worship, worship. If that's grab somebody and be like, tell me how to be saved, do that. Uh, Jesus, I'll get out of the middle of the stage and I invite you. Lord, I don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit and I don't want to stop what you're doing. And so I say, Lord, come in. Come into this house. Jesus, walk in this room. Jesus, walk in this room, please. And I place before you all these people who don't, don't need me, and they don't need Dave, and they don't need the band. They need you. And because you're alive, because you're real, you heal, and you restore, and you save, you put away sin, you apply scripture, you holy, like you're amazing, Jesus. And so I, I put this church before you, Jesus. And in these next minutes, Lord, I don't know what's coming because I didn't hear you say anything. I just set us before you in this quiet moment that you would speak. So I'm going to invite the band to worship, to worship Jesus as if he's really here. And I hope you join in. I hope we stop treating Jesus like he's dead. But maybe, maybe you're like, you know what, I, I need to repent first. That's a great idea. So I would get on your face before the Lord. Or maybe you're like, I need to get out of here before God strikes me. Don't run away from Jesus. He's actually inviting you. And so I know we normally do this at the end, but if you're a prayer counselor, can you go up here? And can you go up here? Um, I want to invite anybody that's like, man, I want to know this Jesus. Not, not the fake one, not the one my mom and dad spoon fed me, but the real Jesus. I want to know that Jesus. If that's you during this song and afterwards, if you just want to come up and get prayer. Just get, ask for help. That's what most of us need anyway. So here they are. They would love to pray for you. No condemnation, just come to Jesus, all right? Everybody else, you listen to what God wants you to do. If Jesus was here, what would you do?